many people make a living by going to sea. Sometimes life gets in the way, though, requiring a mariner to be at home. Or maybe the seafarer just needs to make a career change. After taking an extended break from a role offshore, how easy is it to pack up for sea again to head out for several weeks or months at a time? Today, you and I are going to hear from a woman who went back to sea as a third mate on a tanker after working shoreside for several years. This is the Women Offshore Podcast. I'm your host, Ali Cedeno, a mariner and founder of Women Offshore. Women Offshore is an online organization and resource center supporting a diverse workforce on the water. If you already made the transition to working onshore, have you ever thought about going back to sea? Perhaps you currently work offshore and are looking to transition shoreside. Would you go back to sea in a few years? Well, Lieutenant Commander Fiona Boyle did. Today, I'm talking with Fiona about why she made the decision to go back to sea after working several years as a naval officer on land. Fiona is a lieutenant commander in the Naval Reserve, a U.S. Coast Guard unlimited tonnage second mate, She sailed for a few years on tankers before working shoreside for the Navy. Last year, she made the decision to go back to sea. I was curious to know, what motivated her to make this decision? I don't know many people who would want to go back after finding comfort in a shoreside role. What was her first hitch like as a third mate again? Was she nervous? Let's find out. Welcome, Fiona, to the Women Offshore Podcast. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Allie. I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you for asking me to be a part of this. Absolutely. So can you start out by sharing what inspired your seagoing career in the first place? Well, it's kind of an interesting story. Um, I did not grow up on the water. My family is one of naval service, and we traveled a lot when I was younger. So we ended up in Pennsylvania, and that's where I went to high school. I was open to different colleges and researching what I wanted to do, but like many other high schoolers, I really had no idea. I I fell back on the Naval Service, and I knew I have a, a passion and love for my country and service in general, but I didn't know where I wanted to go with that. So I went to an academy open house because I was interested in the service academies, and I heard, you know, speeches from everyone representing the schools, and the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy um, representatives started talking, talked about traveling and a year at sea and all the options and opportunities after graduating from Kings Point. Not only would you have a career in maritime service, but you'd also have a commitment in the Navy or any branch of the armed forces that I could go into, which is kind of meeting all my desires when I was 17. I knew I loved to travel and I knew about the Navy, but really nothing else. So that's what really grabbed me. And I remember the moment that I knew that I wanted to pursue that route. Very cool. Sounds like a perfect fit. (laughs) After you graduated, how long did you work 
on ships and what kind of ships did you work on? So once I graduated, I didn't have a job yet lined up. And I know it's very nerve wracking because a lot of people do upon graduation, you know, they have their job and they already know. But for me, I've kind of always believed that like opportunity is going to favor the prepared mind. Right. So even though I didn't have anything, I knew something else was going to come about. And my friend um, and, and his family actually worked for um, a shipping company. He had graduated prior and so did his brother. I was very interested in working for that company specifically because it was oil tankers. And why I chose oil tankers is because taking classes in school, I was a logistics and intermodal transportation major as a decky. And I signed up to take the person in charge course for basically the tankerman PIC. And I absolutely fell in love with it. I, I can't even put an exact moment or description on why. I think a lot of it was attributed to the fact that the author of our Tankerman PIC book that we used in class was also my instructor. So the love and passion that he had for sailing on tankers and his whole career definitely was felt. And I just kind of received that passion and it became my own. When I sailed at sea for the year as a cadet, I had the opportunity to sail on all different types of cargo ships. So container, row, row, I went on a grain ship and I was on an oiler, a military sea lift command oiler. I achieved receiving my, my PIC. So stepping into the world after graduation, I knew I wanted to focus on getting a job on tankers. The company that I was desiring to work for came to the academy and um, did interviews and then I went through the interview and hiring process. So you worked on tankers for several years. What pushed you to leave the offshore life and get a shoreside job? Well, I think what really pushed me was my desire to pursue my naval career more. I had mentioned that upon graduation, the graduates from the Merchant Marine Academy um, receive a commission. It's very unique concept at West Point or Annapolis, you basically graduate and then you you go active duty. And so the options from Kings Point, you can do that. You can graduate and go active duty in any of the branches of the armed forces. But then if you choose to sail in the Merchant Marine, you have the Naval Reserve option, which today is called the Strategic Sea Lift Officer Program. And that's the route that I chose. So amongst those those five years that I was sailing, I also had a commitment to the Naval Reserve program of two weeks a year. So I was doing that. Each job that I took for those two weeks was more and more interesting. You know, when you start off and you're an ensign and a third mate, you know, you're kind of doing the basic jobs just like on your ship. Then as you advance or you continue to build upon the first experience, you're going to get more and more involved and you're going to get more and more knowledge. So I would say in, in, in 2012, I researched and found a, a four-month-long active duty option that I pursued, and it was working as an anti-terrorism officer for Military Sea Lift Command. And from that point on, once I started doing the longer naval commitments, I realized that, okay, I remember now why I had both the tankerman passion and the naval passion. Once I completed that, 
I knew that I wanted to do more. It was just a matter now of figuring out what in regards to the Navy. Two friends who also graduated from the Merchant Marine Academy, they decided to do an individual augmentee program with the Navy. And what that program is about is you can uh, deploy all over the world. You are deploying as a single sailor, which was unique to us because we weren't part of a unit anyway. And we're used to kind of the the solo lifestyle as a reservist in our unique program. So I tapped into that more and I, I researched, researched it and found that there was a job that would be overseas for one year. And I would be part of an assessment team. And my specific job would be the port security and harbor defense officer. And this position completely spoke to me because of my work, uh, working on tankers and knowing how safety and maritime security and everything that we're doing around the world is vital to our national security. I applied for that and I got picked up for the opportunity. I deployed overseas for a year with the Navy. So when I came back, the company, the tanker company that I was working for was so great and so supportive and I was able to return to sailing. So I shipped out again for three to four months in the year that I returned. I then found another opportunity to work with the Navy and this actually was working back at the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy. Um, helping uh, train and mentor uh, the students there, which is a very rare opportunity. And it was a new opportunity that was just started, um, especially offering members of the Strategic Sealift Officer Program to go back to the school. I was the second person to do it. And um, I knew it would be one, not only serving the students, um, but allowing me to come back as an alumni and pass on any knowledge that I had learned. Yeah, I can imagine that was very rewarding. It was extremely rewarding. You know, you first sign on for a year and then the opportunity to extend comes around and you're like, oh, there's so much more I can do, right? There's so much more I can I can add value to and continue to serve. So the opportunity um, to keep extending um, was offered and I kept accepting. So, you know, one year turned into three and... Two of those years, I was a company officer serving the midshipmen, and uh, my last year was transitioning to the Sexual Assault Prevention and Response Office at the Academy. Yeah, I've talked to several students who were at the Merchant Marine Academy while you were there as a company officer, and they are just so impressed by you. You have left a positive impact on their life. So thank you for all of your service and everything you've done back at Kings Point. Thank you, Allie. It was it was my honor, actually. When you were done with your time at Kings Point, you decided to go back out to sea. And you hadn't been out to sea for several years. What pushed or inspired you in that direction? It's funny because... I've had many people ask me this question, especially when someone may go quote unquote shoreside. It's kind of, it's kind of it, right? People tend to move on that track. And for me, I think it was really the midshipmen that I worked with at the academy that inspired me to go back. Not only did I have this internal pull, I just, kind of my whole professional career has been about trusting my gut and figuring out, okay, is this right to me? And you need to make a decision. And I knew that 
in my heart, I, I wasn't completed with my time at sea. So I was getting pulled personally. But then also, you know, talking with, with every student that I had the opportunity to, to speak with and get their feedback on what they want to do in life and how excited they are. And they, it was just the beginning of their future. And I think interacting with them and working with them every day just really kept me motivated to go back to sea. Yeah, you're inspired by them, huh? Absolutely. Is there anything you did to prepare for returning to sea? I did. Um, while I was there, I had the opportunity to uh, continuing professional development classes. And, and so I took them, especially, you know, with the requirement of the Coast Guard, you have to, you know, keep up on your professional development as part of your commitment to the Navy and the Strategic Sea Lift Officer Program. Um, you have to uh, maintain your license. So, um, I really just took classes while I was working at Kings Point. Um, and it also allowed me doing that an opportunity when I would talk with the midshipmen to, to show them that, you know, once you graduate, it doesn't end. You know, you have to keep going back to, back to school. You have to keep advancing yourself, adding value to yourself in order to add value to others. And, um, but I would say once my time was completed at King's Point and my orders ended, that's when I really kicked it up a notch and realized that, hey, I have been out for a while. And in order to get myself back up to speed, you know, I, I can't just walk onto a ship and, and be that newbie third mate and um, have a quote unquote excuse of why I don't know something. Right. So I knew it was going to take only a matter of time to get my feet wet and to get readjusted and comfortable again with with seagoing career. But I knew that I'm smart enough now, 10, 11 years out, that it's up to me to prepare. So I signed up and took numerous classes. Um, some I took basic classes again just to get refreshed on what I needed to know. And, you know, luckily I kept all my books from school. So I reviewed um, different topics and how to do this, how to do that. And, and it's really just as much as you can to prepare to get back out there. Yeah. So take us back to that day, finally joining a ship again. What was it like for you? Were you nervous? Oh, of course. <laughs> Your first time going back to sea after three to four years, because essentially I was out for three to four months in between my deployment and working at the academy. But I mean, overall, it was it was a long time being away and uh, I was absolutely nervous. But the thing that kept resonating through was um, you've done this before, you know, like you can do it again. And, um, I remember stepping, stepping on board and, you know, the, the whole time, like I had flashbacks to being a cadet where it's like, make sure you carry your own bag up the gangway. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that definitely resonated with me. Um, but once I got it up there, you know, and I was wiping the sweat from my brow, I was, you know, I was greeted with the warmest reception from the AB on watch who, you know, looked at my ID. And I knew from that moment that, you know, this was going to be a great ship um, because it definitely is like the culture of how a ship is going to be is emulated through everyone you meet. So from the first person I met um, and then I went up to, you know, to the captain's office and you get signed on and, 
and the captain sets the tone and he already knew, you know, my time away. And it was one of those things like, Hey, if, if your goal is to get back up to speed, you know, I'm here to help support you to get there. And just from that moment on, I was on, I was on for 60 days and every day, you know, I woke up and I was like, all right, what am I going to learn today? What did I learn yesterday? Kind of a review, um, you know, to keep myself focused and my vision clear. And because you have every day who is anyone is on a ship, you know, that things are changing constantly. And the only thing you control, you can control is how prepared you are. Um, and that involves, you know, knowing the facts. And one thing that my captain reminded me is that you have the capability to, to learn like as much as you can. So to get on a ship and you have all the resources available to you. So you have not only the personnel, but you have the technical guides, you know, you have the safety management system, you have everything at your disposal and it's up to you to put in the time and the effort to ask questions, to read, to ask questions again. Um, and if you don't know to speak up and say, I don't know. And, and that was the biggest thing for me because I knew going in, it was funny. I had a question like my first cargo watch going back and I had no hesitation in calling the chief mate. And cause I knew, I knew from 10 years of experience uh, of any job in any industry that in order to ensure that I know the answer moving forward, you know, it wasn't something technical, you know, it was something that I needed to ensure and run by him that this is what we wanted to decide to do. And, um, you know, from that moment on, I think it helped establish trust. And that's the biggest thing is to know the people that you're working with, but to create that rapport that, you know, there's going to be a lending hand that you're, you're going to chip in, you're going to roll up your sleeves, you're going to get the job done. And it takes a little bit to get back into that of just the lifestyle, but going into it, you know, guns blazing, so to speak, you just have to immerse yourself completely when you're out there because it is a 24 seven job. So that, that was kind of my, my overall mindset of getting back into it. Looking back over that first hitch, how did it go? Were you happy with the overall experience? I am. Looking back, I am happy how it went. I know I, I gave it my all every day. And, uh, you know, it's just like anything you do. You complete something and there should always be a reflection period. So even though I was reflecting every day, now that I've been off for a few months, you know, I'm constantly thinking, like even in my time off, like, okay, when I go back, I can do this better or I'm going to improve this or even continuing to like read and research. And, you know, I found myself looking up like Googling a manual the other day on PDF and I was like, okay, this may be a little overboard. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, you always want to, um, to do better. And I think especially any ship you got, get on with any Mariner, you know, a huge part of our job is to be, technically proficient in our job and, and to know what we're doing. You know, there's always that, that learning curve if you're new, but then, you know, it all comes down to if you know the facts of how to operate things and you may, you may not be the most handy person, but there's always, you always have to just keep, keep learning. So are you ready to go back? I am. I am ready and I'll be out in, uh, most of the summer. I'm just excited. I'm excited to continue learning and 
just seizing the opportunity of, of being out on a ship. I mean, it is such a unique career. I just, I love, I think the most interesting part is when I talk to people and whether I know them or I don't and, and they end up asking me like, Oh, what do you do? And, and I, and I tell them, and it's kind of like this deer in a headlight. What? They either know about the Merchant Marine and it's from like, you know, World War Two, or they may know someone now who's in it um, or or works in a port or shoreside. But a lot of people don't end up meeting a mariner that goes to sea. And, and I'm just so proud to, to be to be one of those uh, those people. So it's it's. It's exciting, and I'm, I'm definitely excited to go back. Good. Is this going to be a career for you for the next 10 years? Where do you see yourself? Where do I see myself? I see myself just today as I did day one of continual service in the maritime and military communities and to add value into any position that, that I can, that I have the opportunity to serve in. So, I'm, I'm working on, you know, upgrading to my chief mate license now. You know, who knows what opportunities that will bring and, and if sailing master is an option, then looking at that. But I think it's also in balancing, you know, your, your, your goals to include your professional and personal, um, and to make sure that all balances out. So hopefully in 10 years, I'll have a family. And if that includes me continuing going to sea, then that's what it will be. Um, but, if not, it's definitely going to be continuing my passions of, of service in both realms because I think the thing that stuck out to me the most about the Merchant Marine Academy is a lifetime of service, and and I definitely find myself wanting to do that. So it's just a matter of what doors are, are opening at different opportunities in my life. What advice do you have for someone who is thinking about going back to sea after being on shore for a long period of time? My advice is... I believe, and I've heard um, this statement from from other people, and it, it really resonates with me. Is when you ask better questions, you'll receive better answers. So to reflect and take time to really find out your why of if you want to go back to sea, and your why is strong enough, then you're going to do it. And my advice would be to set that date. You know, if someone's been ashore for a long time, if they haven't maintained their license or if they're unlicensed, you know, take the time to research, okay, what, how long would it take me to get back into it, to get back up to speed, to meet all my credentials? Um, and then from there, you know, set a date. Okay, my goal is to be back by this time. And then set an action plan of what you're going to do to achieve in order to reach that goal and that milestone. And to chip away because there's a lot of things in our industry that if you're not up to date or if you miss a deadline, then the opportunity passes you by. But if you're really focused on going back out, then you, then you need to do it because, you know, it's kind of making the shift from I wish to I will. So, oh, I wish I could have done that or I wish I went back to see. And so if you, if you will it, and you set the intention and you figure out how to take the steps to get there, then um, it's going to come to fruition. It's just a matter of putting in the effort um, and figuring it out. But it's really you have to have a big enough why in order to achieve your goals. Yeah, that's great. Sounds like you found your why. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, today I have. <laughs> good, good. Well, thank you so much, Fiona, for coming on the show. It's it's great to have you here. 
Thank you so much, Allie. And I'm so honored and privileged to be part of your Women Offshore podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the Women Offshore podcast, episode six. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Did you enjoy the show? Send me an email, hello at womenoffshore.org. On our next episode, you and I are going to explore the gender gap and a big part of why it exists. I'll give you a hint. Women don't ask. And there are many reasons for that. You'll hear from an expert and what she found in the research. And walk away from the episode with the information you need, even if you're a man, to play an integral part in reducing the gender gap. Until then, stay safe out there and I'll talk to you soon.